Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We just don't find any black LGBT same-sex adoptees. A mum is female and we're both female, so what makes one of us lesser than the other? Oh my God, this picture that we've been looking at for like two months. She's real. She's actually real. <laughs> well, I think we've read about her personality so much in like, you know, her report and the social worker said about her and take pictures of her. So starting to actually see her in this kind of live format was like, it was almost a bit, it was really surreal it was actually. Very it was surreal. very, very surreal. Hello lovely listener and welcome to Some Families. We are honoured and delighted that you have joined us today for another great episode of Queer Family Realness. I am Lottie Jeffs. And I am Stu Oakley. Some would call me the other piece of the Some Family puzzle. I don't know if that's how you would uh, position me in this this grand scale Puzzling. <laughs> I am a puzzle. <laughs> Like one of those really tricky ones that have got far too many pieces and feels they're falling apart. And also you feel that you've always got a couple of pieces missing as well. I think that sums me up right now. But hello, listener. And hello, Lottie. How are you doing this evening, my darling? I'm doing okay, other than nursing a giant lump on my head because my daughter threw a shark jug. She threw the jug. She didn't throw it at me. I just happened to be in her way oh. when she flung this really heavy plastic jug thing across the room in the bath and it just knocked me on the side of my temple and oh my goodness did it hurt and it's come oh. up in a massive bruise she was sweet about it though she was like she realized she'd hurt me and she was apologetic and then she insisted on putting a bandage on my arm for about half an hour afterwards which was like very sweet but ineffective oh, bless so, her. Yeah, other than that, we're just, we're doing okay. How about you, Stu? I'm good. I've got my parents ruined for this evening. Although I've got a special twist on parents ruined this evening. Oh I yeah, what have you got? So it is my new thing. It is, and God, this makes me sound really dull and boring potentially, but it is, it's sparkling water with this new amazing crushed lime and mint cordial that I found. And so I pop it in a wine glass, I put some ice in, and I feel like I'm sipping a wonderful mojito. So nice, just I'm similarly... curbing that midweek, like, yeah. feel that I need something to, to drink. Because it is, listener, we are in troubling times, and let's just say parenting is not the easiest right now. So uh, instead of turning to the bottle, I'm turning to the cordial. Good for you, it would be, yeah. A slippery slope, I think, were you to drink your sorrows away at the moment. <laughs> it really would. It really would. Uh, this week, 
we have another problem shared that this week I'm going to throw at you, Lottie. So for those that don't know, we're basically agony aunt and uncle right now because a problem shared is a problem halved. So I've got one for you, Lottie. This is coming from Harriet, who says, my big sister and her fiancé are having a baby due in June. How lovely. The baby is a result of my sister's bun in the oven, uh, as it were, and so we're concerned that her fiancé won't quite feel as involved, especially as it gets closer to the time, including baby showers, etc., I was wondering if you had any ideas for gifts that would make her feel more involved or things that we can do for her. I hope you understand what I mean and if there's any chance you can help. Thank you so much. Well, Lottie, I feel that that you are best to answer this, well, being the other mother. Isn't it interesting that when you were reading out the problem, the first thing I'm thinking is it's a man and a woman. And like, I'm presenting a podcast about queer families. And, yet and that's my, the direction your brain And yet in. my head still goes into that. And I'm thinking wow. like, and then at the end I was like, oh, right, it's two women. <laughs> oh, anyway, maybe it was the fiancé, fiancé. It threw you, it threw yeah. you. Anyway, hello, thank you for sharing it with us. I firstly want to congratulate you on being so emotionally intelligent and sensitive as to be thinking about your sister's partner's feelings in this. And I think that that is really kind and really generous of you. One of my first pieces of advice is going to be to not really treat her too differently to your sister. I think she's a mum too. So rather than think, oh, we'll give the mum one thing and then the partner something, something else just give them the same kind of thing if you're looking for a gift or if you want to give them a pampering set for after the baby is born it shouldn't just be the mother who's carrying the baby who gets that or needs that it might be really nice for her partner to have that as well but then of course there are things that the partner of somebody who gives birth will be going through that are quite specific to that experience so or you could give them a book I don't know we we had the the basic like what to expect when expecting books and I as the person that wasn't carrying was quite good at at sort of reading all of the books and like retaining all the information and that really felt like that was my way of kind of involving myself in the experience so it could be a really nice gesture to give her the the baby books, although they've probably already got it already. Or just a nice children's book and say, and say, looking forward to being able to hear you read this to your son or daughter. Just, it's like the language nice. of it as well, of like, not sort of stumbling over like, the language and it just being really natural and thinking that she is just as much of a mum as your sister is. I think the fact that she's even just reached out and she's being so conscious about it I think already just shows that she is thinking so much about her feelings and it's a gift in itself yeah absolutely I mean gifts physical gifts are good as well um yeah but yeah but I think that's I think that's a really nice way isn't it interesting that heterosexual couples the baby showers are so female-centric there is no there's no equivalent is there shouldn't baby showers be more the couple together yeah it should be a parent shower yeah or just i think it would be quite nice for 
guys to get together before having a baby and sort of talk about their feelings. Or... Did you have a baby shower? No, if we we did anything, it was the two of us together. Like if Jenny had done a ba- arranged a baby shower for herself and not invited me, I would have been livid. <laughs> Oh, you know, can I just say one more? What I think is like the best present that anyone can give anyone who's just had a baby is their time and help. And just saying like, this is a voucher for me coming over and cooking you dinner and washing up one night is like the best thing you could give someone. But following through on it as well, three weeks after you've given birth, I'm going to be round and I'm going to do I'm going to, exactly that. I'm going to come and do your housework for the day. Or exactly. I'm going to come that and cook would, you dinner. That would be so nice. Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully we've answered that question for you. And congratulations to your sister and her fiance. And, and, and thank you for reaching out. Yes. Um, if you have a problem that you would like shared uh, with Lottie and I and our some family listeners, then please drop us an email to somefamilies at storyhunter.co.uk. Let's move on to our special guest of the week. So this episode, Lottie and I get to speak to the incredible Didi and Priscilla Akutu Carter. They are adoptive mums to the most precious and I know we say this about all of our guests but she is so adorable little Ava or Miss A. Dee Dee and Priscilla are really big advocates for adoption so have a listen and we'll be back at the end. Well hello to Dee Dee and Priscilla. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us on Some Families. Let's kick things off by you introducing yourselves and your beautiful family. So I'm I'm Priscilla and uh, I am wife to Didi and mum to Ava. All three of us are Londoners born and bred and we now reside in Surrey. Yeah, and I'm Didi, but same with what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and Didi and Priscilla, tell us a little bit about your daughter, Ava, or Miss A, as you affectionately refer to her on social media? Um, so Ava is seven. She is a spirited child, should we say. She's very strong opinions. Um, but yeah, she's no, she's, she's a very bubbly, cheerful kind of child. She's got a great sense of humour. She's into a lot of things. So she's yeah. massively into drumming. Yeah, so she's, she's a drummer. A little drummer, drummer, so she loves that. Nice. Um, Do you love that, though? <laughs> so we've got drumming pads. Yeah. Oh, drumming pads nice. so she can put her earphones in so and you can turn the volume up and down so they're like let's yeah. you can plug, plug them in and then they're the most important thing being they can be silent yes amazing i'm taking a note of that have you seen her personality develop since you adopted her into do you feel like she came to you as like this fully formed person already with all these interests or are you now sort of seeing yourself and your your nurturing in her in that respect yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. She, I guess when we met her, when we because we adopted her when she when she was one, um, and we asked a few questions in terms of the foster care. You know what kind of well for the social worker. You know what kind of her interest, and they kind of said she you knows she's quite musical. She enjoys music, which she, which she still does now. Mm. And we enjoy lots of different types of different music. We're quite eclectic in terms of taste, so she hears a lot of different types of music. That, so mm. that's kind of just, I guess, probably added to her personality in that way. Mm. But I think we'd probably say we've seen her um, personality develop. Since she's been with us a lot more, I'd say. So probably, I guess it's probably more nurture. She's definitely got a balance of both of us with um, 
or some of her own Ava slant on things. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I find that quite interesting because I definitely see a lot of us in her. That's so nice. Yeah, you definitely feel that with the nurture. So I adopted three children and you at the various stages that they get to, you suddenly see, oh, wow, that's me. Or, oh, wow, that's my husband in them. And it's, yeah... And could you tell us a little bit about your decision to decide to adopt in the first place and and how you came to that decision to start your family that way? So we considered a range of different sort of options. So we were looking at insemination, adoption. We didn't so much count surrogacy, but we thought between the two of us, one of us could look at the potential of, of carrying. The more likely potential would have been Dee because it's not really my bag. <laughs> Um, we went to a show which I believe is now called Modern Family Show, but it was called it, it's, it was the Alternatives Family Show mm. back in the day. We went and looked at a range of different options, uh, and for us, when we looked at insemination, we just didn't feel that personal connection with the process itself. Whereas when we considered adoption, and it was something that independently, so it was a thought before, but this really made it quite real and solidified mm. it for both of us. So we definitely both thought, actually, this feels like the way to go. And the journey was, it was transformative, I'd probably say, from a personal perspective. Mm. In many ways, it was physically transformative because it turned us from being a couple into a family. But there was also a, a number of kind of things that you touch on. You might be able to resonate with this in terms of the process that you really start to uncover how you live and how you want to live and the family you want to create. And you really get in the, we say it all the time. I almost think every parent should have these kind of foundations because the kind of classes that you get, the things that you learn, Mm. that when you speak to birth parents, it's such a different experience. But I'm very grateful for the... It's even just understanding. Yeah, definitely. I think we we were quite open with the process. I think we just fully understood what the process was for and why we were doing it. So, Mm. and and because because adoption was our... Well, it was our, that was our first choice. Mm. So I think that's probably why we were... And that may have added to why we were so just generally just open to the process, very open-minded with it. And we were quite open-minded in general. But I think that whole process of kind of like the adoption process itself before you are approved was quite... It was cathartic and mm. really helped me understand who I was like a bit more before I became a parent mm. and how that may inject into you. you know, if you, I guess... You know, look, we had to look at like, you know, how we were both parented separately, you know, some different families, how we were both parented and how would you like to parent, what things would you bring. It gave you time, a time to really kind of think and consider those things, which you may have not done as a birth parent, I don't mm. think. It sounds like a really important process to go for anyone and everyone to go through that's thinking of becoming a parent. And did it, do you mind me asking if there were any areas that it brought up that you sort of realised you disagreed on that you hadn't realised before? Or just in the process of talking about your approach to parenting or your your wants for this whole experience, that was, was there anything that you were like, oh, we're not aligned on that and that feels a bit scary and how do we get over that? I don't think we really had that on major... Yeah. I'm thinking about major things. Big I decisions I don't think there was anything major. We probably mm-hmm. had quite a good in-depth chat and we like to have good in-depth chats we a like lot. to be thorough we're very thorough <laughs> um so i think we probably thought about those things like for example like we were parented quite differently My, i come from a nigerian background so they're quite mm. hardcore in how they like to discipline and things like that whereas Priscilla came from someone saint lucian came from a world we they are they are disciplinarians and they have the hardcore but they do it with a smile so perhaps it appears less intimidating. But okay. there, was, there was sort of some differences, I think. Yeah, which we in the parenting. About. But I think because we, I think you're quite right that because we talked about it a lot. This wasn't just a kind of 
snap decision. We'd taken a few years to yeah. really consider and get there before starting the process. I think a lot of those discussions were had before we even embarked on the process together. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's so great for us to have some adoptive mums on the show because I don't think we've had many, if any. It's always been no, I dads. Think, I think you are our first female adoptive couple on the on the show actually it kind of brings me on to a question about whether there's whether there's a bit of a stigma attached to being adoptive mums Mm. yeah I think you know I think there's kind of two things to it I'll probably say because when we say that we know it was adopted or or we adopted it's almost like the question's almost like so almost like so your whims are not working (laughs) we're like no they're they're probably working fine I think because there's yeah there's two things being that I think when people come to adoption, maybe more in the, in the straight world, it's normally because it tends to be because they've been through rounds of IVF. So it tends to be on the other side of that. And they tend to be then older parents because they've had to wait longer and blah, blah, blah. We were quite young. When we, we were told we were very young to come to adoption. So I think there's that perspective. And I guess the other one being that I guess if normally women would probably think, well, if my women's working, I'd rather just have my own child. I think that's just a general, I think it's a natural thought. That urge. They have that natural urge to want to do that. So I think that's probably why there's probably lower numbers in terms of adopted well lgbt adopted mothers maybe i think i'd probably say yeah we certainly in our experience we've definitely found it hard to find we, some we don't find many no. at all it's really quite rare but i think for the reasons that that, that dd stated that it's probably people and also not discounting at all uh, a woman's urge to carry which is something i completely understand but but personally i i don't relate to that because i have the want of having a child mm. without the want of carrying Mm. or about the need to carry so it, it's it's been much easier to consider from that perspective i think yeah. initially i think i was like oh no i'd like to have the the kind of the feeling of carrying my own child and giving birth to my own child but then when we actually went to actually didn't discuss the process and i felt really disconnected from it emotionally there was like no the disconnection was there there was no mm. kind of space for us to kind of really be part of that process and i think by adopting when we went to the adoption seminar and felt emotionally connected because we were both going to go through it at the same time we yes. both go through it we both be part of the process mm, that's interesting I've never thought about that before there's a real equality to the experience that you don't get in any other way that's what, yeah that's what led to my husband and I like I say we didn't really consider surrogacy at all but the really strong pull for us for adoption was it would be equal there it would be we would be on an equal playing field and it would be the same so I completely hear you on that When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's talk about when you first met her. What was that like when you'd gone through that whole process that's a long-ish process, quite in-depth, but then you finally get to that point where you see her little face. I think it's after we just had the matching panel, just finished the matching panel. I think we went over that, that afternoon to go and see her. You know, I think our social worker printed like A4 sized pictures of our faces, which, you know, she was, had them on the floor, they were on the wall, stuck on the wall. How old was she then? She was one. Yeah, it's a really, that's a really surreal moment, isn't it? I remember that, walking into the foster carer's house and literally my husband and I's pictures were at it was like it was like we they were fans of ours or something it was like, it was like these big posters of us everywhere going hi that's exactly that's exactly you're like oh there's my face on the floor and she'd be playing, I think they'd laminated some so she could like walk around with them and stuff but yeah it was very unusual it's so funny I think we also had it that was an interesting experience because she had just woken up for a nap and the foster carer kind of picked her up out of the cot and we were sort of standing in the corner of the room. And okay. she was a thumb sucker. She still is sneakily sometimes, but she was sort of definitely, she had a thumb in her mouth and she was like looking, literally bouncing her eye from one person to the next person to the next person. And our foster carer said, she knows your faces and she knows your voices. We'd recorded a video clip for her as well, walking around the house yeah. and all of this kind of Did stuff. Did a build a bear. We did a Build-A-Bear toy. Yeah, so and we had to call your voice and put it in the palms so she presses it and then she'd hear your voice. So they, I think you were like saying hello oh. and things. So. Which was nice. She yeah. still got it. She still plays she it still today. Play, yeah, really she funny. still got it, yeah. And, she, so and, we, and there was a little book which was you kind of press and it's, again, your voice. So she said she knows your voice, she's heard your voice and she was kind of holding on to the foster carer but was had her eyes clamped She's literally on us. staring at both of us like one to the other. And we were just looking at her thinking, oh my God, this picture that we've been looking at for like two months. She's real. She's actually real. <laughs> well, so yeah, I think we'd read about her personality so much in like, you know, her report and what the social worker said about her. We'd seen pictures of her. So to actually see her in this kind of live format was like, it was almost a bit, it was really surreal it was actually. Very it surreal. was very, very surreal. And is there a lot of pressure in that moment for everything to be perfect? Like, you know, if she started crying or had a tantrum or... Or something you look, like you can't control that moment. I th- I think I don't think we were very expectant in that moment. No, I yeah. we were just like we go and we see, and we see. Yeah, and if she doesn't even she might not even come to us in the first mm. instance. So I just I, I think the first thing that's quite reassuring was the fact that she was just staring, and she actually did come to us, and she was quite kind of when we started play, talking. She? She, yeah, she, she really wanted to, like, to play instantly. So we were like, okay, let's let let's let's play. I do remember thinking, God, she, the pictures don't do her justice. Yeah, she's so she's... cute. That's so sweet. And so you eventually took her home and you settled her into her new life with you. And in the meantime, presumably the two of you were also getting used to this new way of life. And we hear a lot about postnatal depression and mothers. Stu and I were just talking earlier about how you never really hear about fathers, which is a shame. Suffering from the sort of catharsis of having done this big thing or or just readjusting to a a different kind of lifestyle or just the hormones and everything 
Do you think that a similar thing exists for adoptive parents? Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Post-adoption depression is, is, is real. real. <laughs> Post-natal depression. Yeah. Um, certainly biochemically, it, it, the same things are happening in your brain. Right. The same well, emotions. Delayed, though, as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it, it, it is. And it's very... We, we experienced we it. Did at the, same, first, the same time, unfortunately. First six months, definitely. It's yeah. a huge... It's not. It's it's almost adjusting to the shift in your life. We were together for nine years before we before there was, and we travelled a lot. We went out a lot. We were very social. We still well, we, we are still very social. Are, yeah. We're still very it's social. Just, but yeah, we yeah we we had a great probably three weeks. Yeah, where it was where super. It was, this is nice. This is different, but it's nice and that kind of thing. And then it just kind of. I don't know, just come out of nowhere, to be honest. Yeah. Were you acknowledging it at the time, or is it only in retrospect that you're now like, oh, okay, that's what was going on? Well, no. we were still seeing our social work at the time, so when we were kind of talking, I don't think we, necess- I don't think we both recognised that's what, when it happened, we just realised that we'd kind of like taken a slump, I didn't quite understand what it was at the mm, time. That's true. And we had done a bit about it, about post-adoption depression during our process but I think because we were just thinking oh this is a new child in the house and we're still kind of getting used to the, the, um, her routine and everything when it kind of came we didn't really recognize it so I think we were still seeing our social work at the time mm. so she then kind of said to us I think you're experiencing this and then we remembered what it was and had to do some reading on it and things but yeah we didn't recognize it straight away but it was it hung around to around it wasn't quite six months it was about four, four, and a half four, months. four and a half months yeah <laughs> it's real it's very real and the thing mm. is as well I think the week when you're going I think for some women when you're going for the through pregnancy, you get the hormones, you get the understanding that your body's changing and there's a, there's a baby coming and mm. there's something happening at the hormone levels as well. Whereas the week before we saw Ava, we were in a spa and then the next week we were parents. So they kind of like, it was just like, just couple to family was a matter of like a week. There is that, it even a week, I don't there think. is that transit, le- much less, yeah, yeah, I think it was a matter of days. days that transformation is instantaneous, which it is for all parents, but you have this fully formed child that has their characteristics and a routine and all of those other things so it, the difference is it's not newness altogether your child already comes with a routine and comes with a schedule and comes with likes and dislikes you just don't know it yet mm. yeah. is that resonating for you Stu? yeah i find this topic incredibly interesting i feel i did have some form of post-adoption depression when we adopted our third child it's not something I've ever actually really talked about before and I suppose it's just having this kind of conversation today that's kind of brought it to the front so we adopted our first two children and then he was a kind of surprise sibling that came along very quickly very unexpectedly and then came into our house very quickly I, I just I just didn't feel like me and I started to feel yeah very depressed and Why I also find it really interesting and why I really appreciate you both speaking about this as well is I think that obviously when it comes to postnatal depression, there's a lot of stigma around it and people not talking about it enough. But I feel there's a whole also other layer when it comes to post-adoption depression because I feel like so many parents maybe feel like I do. It's like you are you're a bit of a performing pony, I feel, when it comes to social workers. And it's almost like you're being judged and reviewed on how you're doing as a parent. You know, you're getting social worker visits once a week, then once a month post the actual placement. So to it feels like you if you feel like you say anything, I always felt that there was that fear that that they'd be taken away or that it's something, you know, and I know that that's not the case. And I know that that's, you know, it's drummed into you when you do your training that, 
They're there to help you. They're there to help support you. But when you're in it, it's really hard. And I feel it's really hard for adopters sometimes to be 100% honest. I definitely agree with that. I think, as if, I mean, luckily we'd, we'd built up quite a good um, relationship with our social workers, which that helped just being honest, I think really because we were struggling i mean ava was we were still following her we you know we were still following her routine and everything but we tried to keep our depression as much away from her as possible so she was she was doing, getting everything she needed but we definitely felt we were able to be honest with our social worker which then meant that, that she, you know we received a therapeutic social worker yeah on top of our normal social work who come along and kind of like work with us to kind of work through it, which really helps mm. actually. What would your advice be then to, to anybody that's listening to this who has maybe recently adopted and is feeling that first prickles of depression or anxiety or just feeling not themselves like Stu described it? What would you say to them? That your feelings are more common than you would believe. Yeah. We have spoken to so many adopters who can really understand the impact and the kind of emotional overwhelm that comes with post-adoption depression. So it is extremely common. And I think the most important thing and the thing that worked for us was our, was was accessing help wherever you can. So Didi mentioned our social worker. We um, had a, a, a great support network of people that we could just go, you know, we had one particular yeah, friend who every was week. every week, we met up every weekend just to how are you doing and would focus on us and she had children and so the children were able to play together you know it was just it was absolute it was a godsend an absolute godsend so I'd say with those lifelines with the addition of a therapeutic social worker who was excellent our local authority were brilliant and our own support network just by opening your mouth and asking before you knew it in fact before we even realized just one day you just felt yourself again do you have many other adoptive parents within your support network? We do now. I don't mm. think at the time we didn't, but we do now. We have, yeah, quite mixed in terms of support network now. So it gets a nice, good variety and, and diversity as well. How have you met them, found them, or is it just through the community? Because I think it is so important for people to to have that community feel with other adoptive parents and to, to meet other adoptive families. So we were part of New Family Social yeah. whilst we were on the adoption process. I mean, we weren't always taking part in the forums, but just going on to, going on to read other people's questions that they were putting forward and people's answers. Mm-hmm. So the mixture of people who were on the process, finished the process and been placed. So it was a good mixture. So you get a good idea of what you know different people's experiences as well so that was really quite helpful we also did things like uh, the adoption day so part of the local authorities themselves Mm. will partner you up with kind of support groups etc and that's where you can kind of we we developed a few sort of friendships that way forum have done some brilliant events quorum have have been brilliant as well as adoption uk it was just a really nice way to, to connect but also it's just nice to say that you you know ava has a very diverse set of friends but also come from that come from quite diverse families so it's really lovely to be able to say oh oh he's got two dads and oh actually oh yeah she's she's got just a mum or she's yeah you know, he's got just a dad it, it's lovely to have that I think it's just a nice example for her mm. that brings me on to my next question actually which I was thinking that you probably got a lot of advice from other adoptive parents about how to talk to your child about their origin story and their their adoption if I was to ask Ava to tell me about her family what do you think she'd tell me or how would she explain it (laughs) (laughs) that's how she's feeling that day to be honest I think one day we decided to ask her I think she was three 
Yeah, I think she's finished about four years old. How did you think you, you came you, you came here? Well, how, how did you get? How, how do you think you got here? She goes, well, I think you. So I'm mummy, and, and then Priscilla's mama. She goes, I think when I was in mummy's belly, and then after a little while, I, cl- I crawled out and I crawled into mama's belly, and then I was here, and we were like, okay. and you're like, that's exactly right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, is it for only? She's, she, does, she, she does talk about us being an adoptive family. Yeah. She, because we've had a lot of life story, yeah. kind of con- contextual work we've done behind the scenes. She would probably say that, if she was to describe us, she'd probably say, Mama's a bit crazy and talks a lot, but probably like play games and stuff. Yeah, do the old game playing. What would she say about you? What do you think? I don't know what she'd say, actually. I think she'd say you're really funny. She's quite proud of having two mums. Do you think she'd say that before she said she was adopted? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Absolutely. Hands she down. She likes to out us quite a bit. So. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Can you give us an example? Um, oh, Tesco's. In the queue. Was, yeah, and anywhere. And she just says to the woman, I've got two mums. In the pharmacy. The Amazon yeah. delivery guy. Did you know, this is my mum, this is my mummy, everyone inside, but she's very happy to ask all, all the time. time. That's, That's amazing. That's <laughs> Have you ever experienced any, um, any, any challenges as an LGBTQ plus family? We haven't really. Not, not, not I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, I'm like, because we tend to hear people who unfortunately have quite... Yeah. Not very nice stories, unfortunately, as LGBT parents. Not to our faces. Not to our faces, had Kind of anything that's, that's overt or would be considered to be sort of offensive. People are always really quite intrigued, I think. They, yeah, quite... it might be because we, when we look, probably that's why they're most intrigued, I think, probably. So Explain think... that. Because what, what, what's <laughs> happened in the past sometimes is, if they see, if one of us is separate and you say, oh no, and everyone's like, oh, we've got two mums, then they automatically assume, for some reason, that the other one is probably more butch. So when people tend to okay. see us together, they're always a bit like, they're always like, oh. So what we have had, Priscilla probably looks, Ava probably looks, looks more like Priscilla than most. So when they initially see her, they will mm. say, are you the aunt? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm her mum. And then it's like, oh. But other than that, that's probably as far as it's probably been, really, in terms of anything negative. It genuinely has been people who've, who've been intrigued. Who have strange. genuinely been like, oh, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I thought, I thought you were sisters. That's so annoying when people think that. I know. Even Ava says, oh, they're not sisters. I've heard her say it once. Yeah, she so said, they're not sisters. And I was just like, God, even a <laughs> child has to, like, <laughs> put things right. <laughs> I think that's really positive. And for anybody that's listening that's worried, because I think it is a real worry for parents going into into the process that they're, they're going to be faced with a lot of potential homophobia as an LGBTQ plus uh, family. And yes, it does happen. But I think the more and more people we speak to, and the more and more positive experiences we hear, the the better I feel we're moving as as a society. And I think so. That's really really lovely to hear. And I, hopefully that will be very heartwarming to anybody who's at the start of the process and and may have concerns. I'll probably say in terms of um, going going into the process is just to keep things quite open minded. And also, if there is anything, I guess you which you may deem as being really negative, is to probably just pose the question back and just to clarify what they meant. Because I think that's the only way you can. It's almost like educating the person at the same time if, if you do come across that kind of problem. Well, that's good advice. I've never heard mm. that before. So if somebody said to you, like, who's the real mum? You'd say to them, let me just try and understand what you mean by that. Yeah. yeah. Or, or probably mm. a bit more direct. Probably a bit that's more funny. like, well, a mum is female and we're both female, so what makes one of us lesser than the other? Right. That's so nice. Yeah. Frame it in a way that's just almost the logic is then... The logic disappears from that comment.
Well, thank you to Didi and Priscilla, two more utterly amazing guests to add to our collection on some families. So we want to hear from you. What did you think of the episode? Do you have a problem you want to share? Is there something you want to show and tell the class? Then let us know. You can either slip into our DMs on social media. We are at Some Families Pod, or you can email us at somefamilies at storyhunter.co.uk. Or you could go to our website, somefamiliespod.com, where you can find full transcripts and past episodes. And please, if you can just spare a second to rate us, not to sound too needy, if you could just little click of your thumb on a, on wherever you get your podcasts, just to just to show us you care. A little <laughs> review, if it's kind, also wouldn't go amiss because it all helps us get some families up in the podcast charts and listened to by more queer families who need us. We will be back next week with another episode. Yes, we will. So thank you for listening. And until next week, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. This episode was produced and edited by Hattie Moyer. Some Families is a Story Hunter production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.